In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's the official preview game. Steelers versus the Browns, and it's going to be less than two days away. I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright, right, right. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Um, it's, almost, it's, it's getting sad now. The thought of we're still in bloody lockdown in the UK and I might have a, a world without American football. It's been the only thing keeping me going since the draft all the way through the season. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's sad that we're, we're coming to the end. There's only, what, a month and a bit, a month and a week left. And, um, no, better make the most of it. Ian, how are you feeling, buddy? I will say we have some garbage weather in Chicago. It is wet, rain, heavy snow. I had to clean out the carburetor on the snowblower. Um, but yeah, Jack, you're right. Five weeks, five weeks of football to, uh, to finish it out. So it, it's been an interesting year, but, um, you know, things here really haven't started opening back up again. You know, it was kind of odd having a new year with really nothing going on. So we had a bunch of neighborhood kids shooting off fireworks. So I was hunting them down last night to try to eliminate them. Um, but give us an update. What's going on in London? Like, what are they? I know you guys are in tiers and zones and groups and, you know, give our American audience a little background of the torture that you guys are going through. Yeah. So basically all our shops are closed except for supermarkets. So we can't buy anything but food uh, in face to face. And that's it really. Uh, Jack, anything you want to add? That's pretty much it. Um, who knows how long it's going to last. Pubs, restaurants are closed. Yeah, so it's just a um, weird time. Obviously, we're in holiday season, so people are working from home. Yeah, just all very uh, strange. But we are not a London Update podcast. We are a Browns podcast. And it is the biggest game in two... No, it's going to be on in two days' time. In 18 years, it's the biggest game ever for the Cleveland Browns. Ian, what do you think the score is going to be? Well, I would, I would challenge you and say this is probably the biggest game they've had since they got back. You know, I know that we played in a wild card game 18 years ago, but there was in a non-playoff in a regular season game. We have not had a game of this magnitude in years. You know, we had, unfortunately, the last time we were on the fringe of the playoffs, we were at the liberty of somebody else to decide whether we could get in or not. This is, I think, the first time since we've came back where if we win, we're in. And there's no excuses, you know, COVID or no COVID or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. The Browns need to show up, play their best game. I think they will. And I think the Browns come home a winner. I'm, uh, I'm slating the final score is going to be somewhere around the 31 to 20 range. Um, I do think that the Browns offense will be able to move the ball against a um, – a limited Steelers defense. Their uh, two best defensive players probably are not going to play. At least that's what the result or the uh, early reports are. So I'm going with a 31-20 Browns win. Wow. Jack, what are you going with? I, I just sent it to a, a chat moments before Ian said it. I went Browns 30, um, 16 to the uh, 
Steelers. The reason why I think it'll be 16, I only see them getting the one touchdown um, and lots of field goals because I think they'll be able to drive some, but they're going to play a very vanilla offense and defense because it's a very good chance that Browns win this week and then we're playing them again the following week in the wild card. And so even the fact they're resting starters isn't as big a factor as that because they don't want to give away a single trick play, a single tell on how their offense is going to work, a single tell on how their defense is going to work. They want to keep all of that back so that next week they have the advantage. They might have seen what the Browns were doing this week and then uh, work out how to sort of counter it next week. So expect them to be very plain, very boring, and don't get too hyped up if they just kill over and give up this week. That's probably part of the game plan as well because they don't want to go out and risk all, everything, give away their game book for us to then play on next week. They want to uh, sit there and keep all their cards themselves. Yeah. Is it definitely we're going to have Steelers if we win this game or still questionable? There, there's a lot of scenarios. Um, most likely if the Bills win and the Browns win then we have Pittsburgh. I think there's there's a ton of scenarios, honestly, Paul, with if the Ravens and the Bengals. There's basically four games that matter. You have the AFC South playing each other with Tennessee and the Colts playing Jacksonville and Houston. You have the Bengals and the Ravens playing, the Browns and the Steelers playing, and then you have the Bills and the Dolphins playing. So the Bills and the Steelers are battling for the two and the three seed, but to them, it doesn't really matter because they're going to probably play each other in the second round anyways, if they win their first game. So they're not jostling for that two or three. It doesn't really matter as there's no buy. The other one is who's going to finish in these wild card berths. The Browns still with a couple things could end up in the five slot and play the Tennessee or Indianapolis winner. Their most likely scenario is to end up at the six, but there also is a scenario where they can win and end up in the seventh. So you could end up with either Buffalo or Pittsburgh or Tennessee, but I believe if Pittsburgh stays in the three, which is us winning the odds on favor, or I think over 60% that we would play the Steelers. So to Jack's point, you have two coaches that know what they're doing. So what you're going to do is you're going to run vanilla plays. You're going to run outside zone handoffs and all that stuff. And you're going to try to put on film tells. So when the teams are watching the film at the end of this week, they sit there. Stefanski has been doing this all year. We're going to run the same play three times and we're going to have three different caveats to the play. You know, on this play, Jarvis is going to run a drag. Well, the next time, all of a sudden there goes Jarvis into the drag, the defender slip into the flat and then boom, he turns it upfield and, you know, turns it into a vertical or you have so you shallow crosses. You relying on Jarvis Landry turning too quick. Well, that's the thing. Nobody would see it coming. It's like the <laughs> annexation of Puerto Rico, Jack. See, it's like the little giants here, um, which we watched over the last quarantine. That's why I use that reference. But yeah, so you're going to see a lot of coaches putting things on tape that they're hoping can set up plays for next week. So if the Browns are fortunate enough to win the game, you're going to see Stefanski and them using a lot of the different, we'll call it trickery and formations to try to get different plays on tape to see if they can figure out how the Steelers are going to respond to different play actions and stuff like that. So it's, it's something the Browns have been doing all year. So I don't really see Stefanski and them have to be, you know, dig too deep into the playbook. I mean, just run your plays. I mean, you've been putting the same stuff on tape for 16 weeks. So just keep doing it. I'm going to go with Browns 28. No. Yeah. Browns 28 Steelers 21. You don't think Parky's going to hit any field goals, but hit all four extra points. That's an admirable trade of you. There was tomorrow. He's going to wait until the playoffs game for that donk. I'll tell you that now. Uh, Paul's got him missing three 
extra points and scoring one field goal. <laughs> Strong. You like that? Um, mate, Ian, I've done some research while the podcast has been recording. I think it's the biggest game since 1989. Oh, which game in 89 are you referencing? When I was a ripe old age of six. We beat, we beat the Buffalo Bills in the first playoff game and then we lost to the um, Broncos. Uh, Denver Broncos. Yeah, that was the, I, feel, I believe 89 was the No Way Elway years where we used to have shirts that said No Way Elway and then he proved us wrong and there was a way for John Elway. That was the drive, yeah? No, the drive was earlier. The drive was like 86, I want to say. So that the, was the, the uh, fumble. I want to say 86 was the drive. I think 88 was the fumble, if I'm not mistaken. You'd have to pull, pull up the exact. Like I said, well, we I remember the, the games, but we lost to Denver several times. I mean, Denver pretty much owned us all of the 80s. Yeah, okay. When it comes to the eighties, I'll leave it to you two, old bastards. Ha, bloody ha! I was born eighty-one, but I don't remember. I am doing research, so just in case anyone says, um, Ian, where can you see the Browns winning and losing this game? This one's simple: go out and get ahead early. Like Jack said, they don't. These guys, they already have their playoff. You know, they haven't had a bye week. If we look at it, you know, the Steelers were supposed to have a week, a bye week earlier in the season, and it got all messed up with the Tennessee Titans and COVID. And the next thing you know, their extended week with the Ravens got all screwed up because they ended up playing on a Wednesday afternoon. I mean, these guys have not really had a typical bye week. So what happens is, is now you start looking across the depth charts and, you know, they have something to play for, but Mike Tomlin's so geared towards giving these guys some rest that he's like, you know what? We're going to see Mason Rudolph. We're going to see Benny Snell. You know, you'll see a little James Conner, but you're probably going to see a lot of Anthony McFarlane. Um, the receivers, you're going to see a lot of these guys. I mean, Deontay Johnson um, leads pretty much the NFL in all drop light categories. So they're going to try to get him just some reps, but the Browns need to come out and play their game. Like you have a bunch of guys on the Steelers that aren't as good as what we have. And you have to come out and impose your will. If you come out and let them go down the field on the first drive, like 80 yards and run the ball and pound it into you, it's going to be a problem. So the Browns need to come out. The defense needs to step up. I mean, we know that this Cleveland defense has been struggling. We've been trying to hide it. Now you have all these guys. You got Sandejo, you know, my favorite, obviously, you know, possibly sitting this one out. Malcolm Smith's going to be out. Denzel Ward's going to be out. You know, we've got guys that aren't going to be B. playing. Jacobson. Is Goodson officially out or is he back? No, he's out. He's out. Yeah, because yeah. he tested positive. Therefore, he's on a 10-day. So, yeah. So, I mean, you're going to see now we're likely getting Ronnie Harrison back. We're likely getting Wyatt Teller back, which is great. You know, but at the end of the day, we're going to see a lot of – hey, Jack, we're going to see uh, Woods' uh, base defense here. We're going to be seeing five guys in the secondary because I don't even think we have that many linebackers. I mean, Taki Taki's hurt. Uh, Carl Joseph, who's a glorified linebacker, you know, he's out, right? Or no, they haven't Carl officially Joseph announced plays. him. No, Carl Joseph can play because Stefanski said um, if it needs it, then we could see Harrison and Carl Joseph on the field at the same time. To which have Sam to. Panic said, we always need that. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I know that Joseph's just been battling a little bit of an injury. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the Steelers' offensive line, I mean, they've got that guy, J.C. Hassenauer. He's going to be stepping in for Pouncey. My guess is DeCastro doesn't play a ton. So the Browns' defense, get some pass rush. I mean, Olivier Vernon's been having a fantastic year. Sheldon Richardson, Richardson's been having a fantastic year. Miles Garrett needs to be Miles Garrett. I mean, remember, 
two times the donations for all the sacks this week against the Steelers. And if he's going up against the backup for Villanueva, you know, you got that Chukawuma Okafor guy who wanted to fight with everybody last week. I mean, Miles needs to make an impact. Larry Ogunjobi just needs to be Larry Ogunjobi. Just be in the middle there. And don't he needs, with your helmet. Miles Garrett needs three sacks to, uh, to um, match uh, Mr. Watt himself. Is Watt at what, 14 and a half? 14. And Watt's not playing, right? So Correct. Uh, Watt's on 15, if I'm correct. So uh, You round up in the UK. It wouldn't surprise me if this, this could be a dangerous thing to say. If this game's over by the end of the first quarter. If the Browns get two scores and the ball back, then it's it's done, I think. Once um, we get ahead they're of the just explore, gonna run. Yeah. Once we can control the running game where you don't know if we're gonna run and pass, that's that's that, that's correct, Jack. That's where it's gonna be that pivot point. And they're they're not gonna try come back. If if that is the case, then they're gonna bench even more players by uh, the the second or half time. So yeah. Um, so if you remember right, last time Paul uh, in the Browns Steelers game, this is when Devin Bush tore his ACL. So you know the Browns are going to be physical. The Browns have something to fight for. I mean, you got to remember, you have a team that's going out there that's fighting for playoffs. So if you're the Steelers, you don't you don't want to be out there running crossing routes across the middle with Carl Joseph, who's a little unhinged. Like you don't want Deontay Johnson getting decapitated because you know Mason Rudolph led him too far, and Carl Joseph, who's on a one year contract, wants to make the NFL uh, films you know highlight reel. So that's the type of stuff that you have to start factoring in, right? Yeah, it's 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 going to be a a great game. Obviously, a lot of nerves, a lot of mental battles going into this game and I really hope Baker Mayfield can uh, get in the right place to make sure we get a W yeah the nice part with Baker just be yourself you know hand the ball off execute those fakes you know I think this would be a really good game for him to work on those cadences and those hard counts I want to see a couple free uh, plays out of that and ultimately you want to see the receivers come back and get open you know if they do rest Hayden or Fitzpatrick or Steven Nelson or any of those guys you know I want to see these receivers get open so we saw that the backups cannot get open. So let's hope that the uh, the starters can. Someone just replied to a tweet saying that um, 94 Browns was the last time that we were in a situation. In that year, we beat the Patriots. No, that was Patriots. The well, we beat them in the playoffs. Remember that? In the playoffs. And then we lost to the Steelers. So I think that's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been that towards the end because right at that point is when they told the team that they were leaving. Um, so, because the, the fumble was 87, the drive was earlier. So, yeah, that 89 game, they just got walloped. So. I think that there's one thing that I'm, I'm sweating over this week. And until I know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. What's the Nick Chubb receiving over going to be as a player prop? Oh, that's been an easy one for you the last couple of weeks. I don't know. P- the uh, the bookmakers haven't figured out the fact that the Browns are running screens now. I think he's hit what four weeks in a row. It's five, six weeks, six weeks, five or six weeks in a row. Um, they've Hell, been predicting like six, 40. seven, or eight, and uh, he's been absolute crunching it. I think he's hit over like twenty every week. Well, um, this week or last week, it was a little a little uh, stress because his first catch only went for eight yards, and it was eight and a half. So it wasn't until he had those other five catches for forty yards. I got someone at seven and a half. <laughs> the Daryl. Uh, the, the big money got blown up in my face because I parlayed it with a, a Browns win. 
Nick Chubb needs 59 yards to hit 1,000. We only care about his receiving game now, Paul. We don't care about his running game. Okay. Throw I... Nick Chubb the ball. That is the new motto of the podcast. Throw Nick Chubb the ball. To Paul's credit, I do think that they work hard to get him over that a thousand. I, I will say, Paul, you're gonna see you're gonna see an emphasis on the run game because ultimately, if Wills is back and Wyatt Teller's back, they're just gonna want to kind of get those guys some repetitions because you're gonna want to see what the Steelers do on some of the play actions because obviously you can't bench every all five linemen or all four linemen. You know, if they go to a bare front, you're talking about five. You know, so there's going to be the linebackers playing. You're going to have some of the defensive starters that would play in the next week. So they're going to run the ball just to see, to get on tape, what these guys do, what their tells are. So, you know, it, it'll be an interesting game. Jack, I pray that you're right, that after the first, second quarter, we really kind of just can sit back and have a comfortable lead, know that we're done. You know, if we get to like that Giants game where you're just up and you just don't feel like Mason Rudolph's going to be able to lead them back, it's just a comfortable win. I'm good with that. Will the Browns complete more than five passes in the second half? Hell yeah. If they're not winning, they won't. Or they will. If they're winning, they probably... We've had games which it's been lower than that because they just run it. Because they're not interested in passing the ball. Because there is more risk with passing the ball. The upside is massive, obviously, compared to running the ball. But it wouldn't surprise me if the game's done at halftime that they, they just run it down their throat because... In the same way the Steelers don't want to give up anything with the vanilla playbook, it makes sense just to run, 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 because then you've got nothing going on. Here's a question for you. Can you see us losing against the Steelers but still going through the playoffs with the other games? No. There is a scenario. It is a very long, drawn-out scenario. But yes, there is a way for it to happen. You know what I prefer for us to not have to go down that scenario because ultimately it's just win. You know, you don't want to lose to the Jets and lose to Mason Rudolph to back into the playoffs. Like, no, like get out there, actually wins, win, win convincingly too. I don't want to see any of this, you know, like garbage backdoor wins and all this other stuff. Like, no, like, come on, just go out there. It might happen though, Ian. That's the thing. We can just, say what we we're it, nine it, point. It's not realistically going to happen because who do you need? You need the Jets to beat the uh, Ravens, and they've got it would be the Bengals. three, four of their star players out. Um, and the Ravens, the the Ravens win their end, so they're going to be playing all their guys. It's it's just not realistic. Obviously, it's mathematically possible, but it's unrealistic. The, the Browns' destiny is basically all in their hands. The big one would be if Indianapolis somehow loses. See, here's the thing. So of the four teams, Indy is the only one that doesn't control their destiny. So the only way Indy gets in is if one of those teams loses. The Ravens, the Bengals, I'm sorry, the Ravens, the Browns, or the Dolphins. So if one of those teams loses and Indy wins, then they get in. If the Browns lose, the other teams win, then the Colts actually jump us and get in. So if the Colts were to lose and the Browns were to lose, we hold the tiebreaker and we still go as the seven seed. So that's like, there's other ones. You're right, Jack, where the Ravens have to lose and a couple other ones. But for the most part, really the big one is just the, the Colts because they're obviously the one that are chasing the playoff position. The Browns, the Titans, the Titans can, because they haven't technically clinched the division. Yeah. Cause if the Titans lose and we lose the Colts win, then we make it as well because we have the tiebreaker over them. 
Yeah, there you go. So there's there are a couple scenarios, Paul, but you know the best way to do it? Just win the game. You win the game, yeah. and you're in. We don't care well, about anyone else. Let's look at this. Um, Dolphins versus the Titans. Dolphins could win that. No. Fitzmagic's out. Corona playing, is uh, taken. The They're playing the Bills. Oh. Is it? Yeah, the Dolphins are playing the Bills. Titans Sorry. are playing the Jags. And I think Houston's playing the Colts. I think, no, other way around. I'm sorry. Tennessee's playing the Texans and the Colts are playing the Jaguars. Okay. And the Jaguars have locked up the number one position. So even if they win, they still will get Trevor Lawrence. COVID robbed us of a magic man. Fitz magic. RIP. All right. Anything else you want to discuss about the game? Is there anyone you're uh, you're looking forward to step up? Like who? Any player that you think is ready for a, maybe a little breakout game or anything like that? What do we see? Who are the guys we're going to be watching? Tacky Tacky Mitchell. is going to be fascinating for me because obviously with Malcolm Smith and Goodson out, that's been our two best linebackers this year. And while Tacky Tacky's played well, he's played well in parts. He's not been a full time starter very often, so it's going to be a really good chance to see what he does. Obviously, he's up against a weaker team, but that really interests me but uh, Paul's got a good one and uh, he could definitely be playing for an extension with the Browns um, hit it Paul Money Mitch yeah no uh, he uh, he was actually on the Kevin Stefanski show for the Browns uh, media this week and he gave a pretty good interview basically saying you know there's only one guy on the, in the defensive secondary that's played every snap it's him and this was a guy that many people kind of wrote off as saying, oh, he's going to move to safety. This is a guy who's, you know, going to be a cap casualty, all this other stuff. And here he is um, playing every snap defensively. So here's I, a crazy one. I was looking at there's four Browns cornerbacks that have passed the 20% threshold for PFF. Who are they? Denzel. Money Mitch, obviously. You're talking about defensive backs, you're including safeties? Oh, sorry. No, oh, sorry. Just corners. Just corners. Just corners. Defensive backs. Uh, Kevin Johnson. And, and your boy, Thomas. Yeah. No. I didn't know he played 20%. It's nuts. Javier Thomas has played that many snaps. Huh? Yeah. And, that, and that's not good. I, I love the man. I want to give him an extension to be a special teamer. But wow. E. How many snaps has he played? And, and that's when I bang on about we need to invest in the secondary. And we, we saw it again against the Jets. There needs to be so much money going into this. I've floated the idea of you bringing in A-Rob. Um, I know we don't want to get too much onto off-season, but it's one I've been banging on. You bring in A-Rob and you sign a uh, DB, probably a safety on big money, so he can get his three safety set and extend Higgins. And to do that, you move on OBJ and uh, Jarvis. I think that's a really intriguing option. But um, we need happen. to invest in that DBs. Not going to happen. Jack, anyone else Peppers, from the last Peppers. year that you think will be fighting for a contract? Um, I, I, how many are fighting for contracts? OBJ, uh, not OBJ, um, Ogan Joby, I just can't see getting one. Um, there's lots of... Uh, Vernon is a really interesting one that I've floated the numbers. and Second I've, highest graded player on the Browns defense. He's been the eight sacks, the 33 hurries, two um, batted passes. Edges. Yeah. <laughs> In the second half of the season. I think he's number three edge, according to so, I think Costco said he was three. Yeah. Um, which is higher than Miles Garrett. That, that's how well he is playing. Um, the, the thing with Vernon is what you do. So 
you're probably not going to have everyone paid on the D line, especially when you've got a Miles Garrett contract, because Miles Garrett's contract is basically two highly paid veterans. Um, so when I go, you'd usually pay three veterans on the D line, decent contracts. Miles Garrett's effectively twice because he's taken two expensive veterans money because he is that highly paid. So you're only really paying one other. And then the question comes on, do you put it in the interior? So you've got the balance of two and one, or what do you do? So for me, Vernon has outplayed Richardson. I think that's pretty clear for anyone that's been watching. Obviously OV does come with the health concerns. Some numbers of where you potentially see that deal, I think are one year, 8 million or two year, 15 million could probably get it done. Um, obviously there's potential to be more, but health, age, other things, I, th I think that could be fairly acceptable. Probably put in a lot of guarantees, maybe some tied to playtime incentives, but I think you can guarantee the vast majority of it and then get that done because the issue is we can't be going into the next draft with, we have to take a um, defensive end in the first round and hit on it because they need to be a starter. Obviously we did it with Wills. It was a risk. Wills has just been bang average this season. That's perfectly fine. But edge is it's a bit harder um, based on the class, based on what's there. You're not going to have loads of options. We're obviously picking later. So I wouldn't mind the idea of pay OV two years, 15 million. So seven and a half each, I'm not 15 million a year. And then cut Richardson. He's got a 12 million option. And then we go cheaper on the interior. And I wouldn't mind that. Just continually invest cheap on the interior. Let Ogunjobi walk. Um, go Billings, Elliot. Sign someone, three to five million. And uh, maybe leave Taylor there. Or See, I don't think you'll have to cut Sheldon. Because, I mean, realistically, if you look at Miles, OV, and Sheldon have 27 of the Browns' 44 sacks. And if you add in Adrian Claiborne, who they're going to – he'll be back next year potentially – you're talking about thir over, you know, 75% of your, sa your sacks from four guys. And Richardson's on, what, $12 million, I think, for next year? I want, I want to move that money from Richardson, put it into the secondary. And the issue is, if you're paying all three of them, and you're paying OV, that's not, you're not going to invest in the linebackers. You're not going to invest in the DBs. For me, if we're serious about Woods playing a dime package, we've got under contract two quality DBs at the moment next season in Ward and Harrison. You've got two unknowns in Greedy and Delpit because we've got no idea what they're going to be. And that's it. And you need eight. You need six. So you need four starters and then four rotational pieces based on whatever scheme you're playing, slot, etc. Slot you can pick up nice and cheap. But you need eight. And we've what got you're going to run into is going into the safety market this offseason. And this is what I would highly avoid is you have Jamal Adams. And Jamal Adams is the safety who's going to be paid because what is he set the NFL record for most sacks by a safety. So the problem you're going to run into is you're going to be out there trying to pick off a safety with a guy in the offseason getting $18 million. And we still don't know if the, the salary cap is going to be between 175, 198. We don't really know. And you're not going to get Justin Simmons or any of these guys. None of those guys are leaving. So you're, you know, you're going to go out and try to get the, the Malik hookers or the Jalen mills. I mean, these guys aren't very good. That's the problem is, is there's such a small basket of the safeties that are available, you know? So that's why you're going to have to rely on, you know, guys like Ronnie Harrison. That's why they went out and got him. This isn't a very deep safety draft. 
and you have to have Dell Pitt, and then you maybe talk about a guy like Money Mitchell. I don't think Kevin Johnson's going to come back just based on what he's going to ask for. Um, so it's I don't want Kevin tough, Johnson. But or Carl I mean, Joseph. realistically, you're going to go out and I mean, did did Logan Ryan just sign an extension? Did I see that right? Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's no longer a free agent. He's a, I, th- I think there'll still be names, and it wouldn't surprise me if there's some cuts. Um, and it's one of those positions where I think you're going to see teams possibly go. We don't really value safety that much, which is nuts because you're going to go out and pay 29 year old Anthony Harris. No, at the end of the day, one of these guys for a year, two years, I'm not talking a long-term investment because at the end of the day, if you're going to pay Harrison, you're going to obviously Delpit's a while away, but you're going to pay Ward. We don't need these guys to be four or five year deals. We're looking at one, two years. I'm I'm talking like a plug gap. They were sniffing around. um, Who's the uh, Broncos Simmons. And if they, if they'd have lost their games, maybe that was a move we make. Uh, was, I wouldn't he's, have been rubber stamping it. Denver's but. not letting him. He's their best player. He's not oh, they, 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 Albright's basically said to everybody, like, he's not available. Around earlier in the season, there was definitely lots of rumors around it. And, and he dispelled every one of them said it's just Twitter. That's the problem is, is you know, you can't, you can't always take the Twitter sources. Like the people from the team were like, there is no way in hell they're letting this guy leave. That's why they franchise tagged him. Now they're trying to get him a deal. So what happens is when he doesn't sign the deal, everybody thinks, oh, there must be dissent. That must mean he's available. Oh, you can't sign the deal until they franchise him again. So they're going to have to franchise him again and then hopefully get the deal done straight away. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll definitely be tough. But the nice part is we'll circle back here. Mason Rudolph's not going to test the secondary. He's not very good. Um, the Browns got to go out. I mean, you, you got who you got, win with the players you got. We'll figure out the offseason with the offseason. Um, Paul, where are you going to be watching the game at? I'm going to be watching it at home on my own and just uh, trying to keep as sober as I possibly can and embrace this must-win playoff game. A lot of football games in one day. Here's another question for you. Ravens versus the Browns. Can the if the Browns win and the Ravens win, can they change positions or is that it now? That's where the league is. If they ch- you mean change positions in terms of playoff seating, second to third. No, the Steelers have already clinched the division, so the Browns and the Ravens make it. They both will be the wild cards. The only way they would play each other is if they both won in the first round. Sorry, my point is more who we're going to play next year because we have to match who we're going to play next year. Oh, you're talking about division seedings? If the Browns and the Ravens finish with the same record, the Ravens would be in the two seed. The Browns would be in the three. Because if you think about it, the Browns have, if you, this is kind of telling, right? The Browns have won four games against the AFC South, four games against the NFC West and beat the Bengals twice. That's it. They've lost every other AFC game. So the Browns, if they beat the Steelers, will finish the division three and three. And their AFC record is not very good. So they're not going to have a lot of tie breaks. So the Browns would be number three in the division if both teams win. And the weird thing is we actually probably want to finish third in the division because that sets us up for a nicer record next year. Nicer, yeah. Nice, sorry, term. schedule. Yeah. So uh, there, there's no harm in finishing third. In, at the end of the day, it's the strongest division in football. Um, and that might change next year, but it's uh, certainly that way this year. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have three playoff teams for sure. So. All right, guys. Let's finish up by saying go Browns and hopefully we're praying the next podcast we do, the Cleveland Browns are in the playoffs. Absolutely. We will know. We will know Sunday night because the, the Washington game does not matter to us. So we will know the playoffs if the uh, 
the AFC South games will determine it at 425 Eastern, 325 Central. And I believe that's 925 your time. So you'll know by midnight uh, Sunday everything that's shaken up in the AFC. This isn't our last Browns pregame show of the season. Book it. Oh, Jack's called it. He's confident. I, w- I won't be a... I will say it'll be our last regular season. It'll be our last regular season pregame show of the year. And I'm sure people can't wait for us to get in to start talking about fifth year extensions and free agencies and all that stuff. It's the best time of the year. At the, the, at the moment, at the moment, our matched AFC South, no, AFC East game, if I'm correct, is it the Patriots? Would that be right? Yeah, AFC because East? the Jets are fourth. Yes. So if we finish third, we'd play the Patriots, the Texans, and the Chargers. Those are all your threes. They're washed. Bill's finished. Put him in a care home. <laughs> yeah, until they go out and get Matt Stafford this offseason. Oh, oh. Uh, fine. All right, guys, let's finish this up by saying go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam. We've got two damn balls. I'm telling you, to be denied. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.